this is you irons the uh, west ham podcast from the good people at the athletic uh, hopefully you know the gang by now i'm sam delaney i'm joined by the athletics west ham correspondent Rashane thomas Rashane, how you doing i'm all good thanks how are you sub i'm very well indeed thanks delighted to say special episode this week we are joined by someone who holds a very special place in uh, m- many hammers hearts uh, he is a hero of West Ham's promotion season in 2005 and legendary cup run in 2006. Um, Fantastically pacey and at times prolific striker, Mr. Marlon Harewood joins us on the show. Hello, Marlon. Welcome. Hi, you're right. I'm very well indeed. Uh, all the better from hearing for you. We're going to um, <laughs> take we're going to take we're going to take you down memory lane, Marlon, and have a ch- okay. chat today uh, about those golden times of the mid noughties uh, particularly that 2005-2006 season where we got all the way to the FA Cup final for that bittersweet legendary final. So uh, I hope you're ready to to do that. But listen, we want to kick the show off with a little discussion of what's going on um, right at this moment. In football, first first of all, this Sunday the Athletic will be hosting a Premier League awards night, and our writers and podcast hosts have voted across a number of categories. And from seven pm on Sunday, we'll be announcing the winners. So I want to say to the listeners here: make sure you subscribe and download the Athletic app to find out who wins those awards. Go to athletic.com/westhampod to take advantage of our ninety day free trial. Uh, we might as well reveal some of our choices. Uh, Rashane, how did you see it? Have you have you voted for your West Ham Player of the Year yet? Yep, my West Ham Player of the Year. The article should be coming out tomorrow, so Thursday. And I've gone for Bonner. I feel right. like his transformation over the past 12 months has been incredible. He's gone from being third-choice centre-back to being dropped, to struggling with confidence, to now becoming one of West Ham's most important players. So that's my player of the year, and it'll be richly deserved. He's had flashes of brilliance. I think in his first season, he was one of our best players. Obviously, he had enormous pedigrees, played for Italy, and he's come from Juventus and Champions League football. But, you know, until this season, there's been a few years of inconsistency. What do you think of him as a, as a defender, Marlon? Uh, no, I know, I definitely agree. He has come on um, this year when he's been needed, because um, West Ham's had a, a tough, tough, Tough season. Obviously, at the beginning they were they looked to it, it was looking good, um, but then they had a, a few bumps on the way. But yeah, I do agree. Obonga was uh, he's been improved, but he wouldn't be my sort of player of the year um, this year. But he has improved a lot um, and helped when needed. Okay, Marlon, tell us who your choice would be then. Oh, I've got three. I mean, as uh, Antonio, Nobes, and Declan. So I'm not really sure. Mm who to pick out of them three because uh, obviously it's been a tough season this year. Obviously, Mark Noble, he's been amazing for West Ham throughout his whole career. Um, and through the, through every time there's been a been a sort of a, a, a unrest or a bad time at the club when they're trying to get some wins, he's always been always been there, always put a performance out, works hard, try to pull the team through the, the difficult times and the good times. Um, and he's always there. He's always been there this year. You would have been there when he first, as a like seventeen-year-old, came into the first team. What did you make of him then? Did you did yeah, you see potential? He, he, oh, massively, massively. He, he was one of them players that you just knew he he would make it because it's a training session. One of the one training sessions he joined in with us, um, and obviously we had a lot of senior characters there when I joined. Um, Steve Lomez, uh, Jermaine Defoe, Michael Carrick, uh, David James. 
and he trained with us in the dome um and oh, just a young 16 year old coming up because we was trying to make numbers we had a few injuries there and he joined in with us and he was always wanting the ball screaming at lads screaming at the lads <laughs> like give me the ball give me the ball give me the ball like and being a senior player back then um you think who's this little cheeky little boy can't believe yeah. he's like coming up here thinking he's who'd think he is. Lads from Cadden Town, they come with a certain confidence about them, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, sometimes <laughs> you do need that. You do need yeah. that. So Lomi, Lomi got the ball um, one time and it's like he, he like wrapped it into him. I don't know if you know, understand what wrapped it means. Like pinged it into him as hard as yeah. he could to yeah. get him to deal with it. And and Nobs turned and dealt with it and turned out and passed it out wide. And then he and then he screamed at Lomi. See, that's what I'm talking about. Give me the ball. And then all of us started laughing so bad, so much. It was so funny. Oh, and then from amazing. that day, from that day, we we knew uh, like he could handle himself, and he, he just could tell he he was a he was a player. Wow, that's incredible. So it wouldn't have surprised you that he went on to captain us for so long with an attitude no, like no, that. No, not a chance. If his attitude and how he was, you know, no, definitely. And he's he's done amazing up to now. Yeah, yeah. And, and very well, unlucky not to play for England. Very unlucky. I'm quite surprised he didn't even get a, like a look in in the 30 man mm. squad just to be around them and have a look. I'm quite surprised really because that that I think it was like three four seasons ago. He he was he was unbelievable. Yeah. He was at his at his best, um, and I'm, I'm quite surprised he didn't get picked. Talk to us about the other two. Antonio Play gets compared to your style of play a great deal because of his um, pace and power that he plays. Yeah, very reminiscent, very reminiscent of the sort of runs you used to make as well. So, um, and and yeah, he's been unlucky he's, with injuries, hasn't he? He has been very lucky. He does remind me of myself um, a lot. But it, it, when he when he's been playing, he's 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 been an absolute threat every time. Um, when, whenever he gets on the ball and whenever what positions he, he scores some very good goals and very good important goals and setting up a lot of lot this season when when we played against teams they've been very fearful of him he's been a he's been a threat to be fair uh yeah i think i think he had he not had his injuries he would have won that the the player of the year hands down wouldn't he this season because when he's had any sort of run at all He's yeah, really, no, I would yeah, definitely. Yeah, he's been. He, he's been. He's been our best player, hasn't he, with Shane? Really, when he's when he's had a chance. Yeah, he's been a great attacking threat. Think top world, Sebastian Allaire as well. I mean, for me personally, my only critique of Antonio has been like his lack of goals. I feel like mm. a player of his quality should be scoring at least eight to ten goals a season. But apart from that, his work rate is brilliant. Links up with his teammates. Can't ask for anything else, really. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with you, but it's been harder this season with a sort of. Positions we we've been in and because we've been on the on the back foot majority of the time with uh, Antonio, so it's it's a bit hard for him to get into positions where he can threaten and score goals. Mm. Uh, Marlon, just, just last question on Antonio. For you personally, do you think he's better on the wing or as a, as a, a little strike a strike pair for Alaire? Uh, it's it's a, I think he's more yeah I think he's both to be fair. Um, giving them give him a little bit of a freedom if you get what I mean. Um, to, mm. to go wide, to go behind Alaire, um, to give him like that 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 freedom to go roam where he wants because he's a threat where wherever he goes he's a threat. But at the same time, I think I'm old school and I think you do need two strikers up front to complement mm. each other. And it, it's been hard for him up front on his own um, to try and get the goals. And when someone's played up with him, he looks a different player. So it, it's it's yeah, I, I do I do think it, Antonio should be like a 
like a free player to go wide and then go at people or go in the middle, flick balls on when help the striker. Yeah, so I I think it should be like a, a free free player like like Leboyne. Mm-hmm. And uh, and what about Declan? Um, obviously, just goes from strength to strength. Yeah, every he does. year, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he's phenomenal. He, he, I think so highly of him. He's just taken it on the position where he's when he's been called upon, and he's just made that position his. And week in week out, he pulls performances out. He's he's comfortable. He, he, he he's a pleasure to watch. To be fair, at West Ham through the through the bad times and the good times, and he's 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 right up there with the Player of the Year this year, I'd say. We're talking about it, and maybe it's because the amount of time that's passed since we've actually seen the lads in action. I'm starting yeah. to think, yeah, we've got a pretty good team. Whereas I've got to tell you, if you if we'd been having this discussion two months ago, I'd be going, oh, I, don't, I can't choose. I can't see any yeah. of them deserve uh, it. Uh, I'd still say the same thing because I've been in the same position, obviously being in a relegation battle. Um, yeah. And when you're training with the lads, you, you, it, it's mind-boggling to understand, like, why are we in this position? And you, you sometimes it, it's it's harder to talk about. And obviously, when you're looking on, it's easy to look on and make an opinion. But when you're actually in it, you don't you don't know what's actually going on. You think to yourself, what, we, we shouldn't be here, but we are. We have to try and get out. And you do work hard to get out of it. But it's 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 hard to describe. But I do agree with you. Like the the caliber of players that we got, we shouldn't be round where we are. My choice, who we haven't even mentioned, is is Robert Snodgrass, who I think you know again, it's been. A- cameo role but I, I admire him so much for the way that whenever he's called upon despite the fact that, that he had that such give his all. start to yeah. gives his all he pops up with really important goals uh, you always know he's one of those you always know you're going to get a performance out of him don't you I mean he's yeah, not definitely. always necessarily going to be the best but it's, he's never going to let you down sort of thing yeah it's, uh, oh, it's hard players. to say like I've never been the best he's a top quality player um, and yeah like you said, he, he's always there when he's called upon and he does a job and he works hard. He just tries to get everyone going. And like, because like, I think what way he plays, he thinks we shouldn't be there. So every time yeah. he's playing, it's like a fight instead of yeah. like a comfortable game for him to, to, to actually show what he actually can do. So he's like mm-hmm. chasing around, trying to make things happen instead of making it a comfortable game. I, I, I definitely agree with you there. Right, Marlon, it looks like if this season does get completed, which we really hope it will do, um, the the games are most likely, I think it looks increasingly likely every day, that they will be played behind closed doors to finish the season off. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Roshane, just, you know, before we get Marlon's view on that, is, is that what you're hearing? Do you think that's the most likely outcome at the moment? Yeah, I reckon it will be the most likely solution at the minute. Games being played behind closed doors and... I reckon for a team like West Ham who are currently involved in a relegation fight, it doesn't really work in our benefit because we need our fans. We need the fans to you know urge their players on. I remember like my two most favourite games of the season, the one that went over Chelsea. Fans were amazing throughout. The, you know the spirited three-two uh, defeat against Liverpool. Fans were amazing throughout. So we need that. We need the fans to urge the players on. And I feel like being played behind closed doors, it won't really work towards our benefit. What do you reckon, Marlon? First of all, have you, have you ever had to do that? Have you ever found yourself in a situation? No, I haven't. No, I haven't. But at the same time, it, the season needs to be finished. That's for one, just because there's, there's too much complication involved with it um, for it not to finish. Um, but and I think in the safety reasons, behind closed doors is the best way to, to finish the season. But I, I do agree with you with the West Ham, obviously talking about West Ham situation, the fans are a massive part of West Ham 
staying up because the atmosphere that they can produce when things are going well, it, it, it feels amazing for a player on the pitch because I've, I've witnessed I've witnessed a few occasions of um, when the fans, when you when they need the fans, they are they are there and they do produce the the noise, the roar to make you like make your hair but stand Mar- up. On but Marlon, your, your that was your experience is playing Alton Park, and yeah. you know the London Stadium. All three of us know that you know there's been there has been some good nights, I was just about some to good say. afternoons. Yeah, there. there have been, but it's not quite the same. Just to be devil's advocate, you could say people say, "Oh, the players have struggled at the at the um, London Stadium. They've they've struggled to perform. The fans have got on their back, or the atmosphere hasn't been great." Could there could there be any element where you think maybe it takes the pressure off our players that they just it's just them versus another eleven lads, and they haven't got anything to worry about in the crowd. They can just get on with their performance. Is there anything in that? No, oh, mate. It, 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 <laughs> it's a very good question. Um, I, I don't know because I haven't witnessed it, so I can't say, like, hands down, what it would be like. But some players are different how they deal with stuff. Like, um, I'll give you an example: if someone's obviously not a uh, player's not going really well on the pitch, and the fans are getting on his case, then he'll feel like, oh, I've got to do something. But then, if you're like just playing. And you're, it's not going for you, and you'll just keep going, keep going, going through the motions. You haven't got the atmosphere to to turn you. If you get what I mean, it's it's a bit, it's going to be a bit strange, um, but it's going to definitely be needed. It's just how the players deal with it at the time. Good mm. question. We'll wait and see. Cheers, Marlon. Um, right, let's get into talking about. Uh, yeah, everyone's immersed themselves in football nostalgia during this period because there hasn't been any live football, and I've decided that I actually prefer thinking about old football and watching old football than I do new football anyway, because maybe it's because I'm a West Ham fan and most of our good times are in the past. Um, yeah. But I've been spending so much time on YouTube and watching the old FIFA World Cup films, which I can really recommend. It's been a great time. So let's that's that's why Roshane and I thought, let's relive one of the best um, times in in recent history for West Ham. And yeah. uh, that that's... That, 2005-2006 season. It was our first season back in the Prem after a couple of years out. Uh, you were playing up front for pretty much all that season with a variety of strike partners. Yeah, um, no. I was all, quite all, privileged, all, to be fair. All three of those strike partners were fantastic players as well. So you had Sherringham, Zamora, and then the second half of the season, Dean Ashton. But it was an interesting season, that Marlon, because we'd come up uh, through the playoffs and yeah. not everyone, from a fan's point of view, you know, I went to all of those games uh, during our season down there in the in the um, championship. And not everyone was that satisfied with Alan Pardew, even after promotion. We felt that okay. we'd, we'd done it the hard way through the playoffs, right? Yeah. And um, and yeah, people were getting a little bit frustrated. And, and to be honest, I remember our, the the I don't remember the opening day was against Blackburn, and we all turned up with a sense of trepidation. We'd made some signings, but we thought it was going to be a, a scrap against relegation. Yeah. And that that first game, I think we went, I think we went one nil down to Blackburn, but then we ended up beating them three one. And there were certain players, yourself included, Matty Everton, Nigel Rio Coca, Hayden Mullins, who I felt responded so well to playing in the Premier League in as yeah. much as suddenly it was like you all had become better players than you had been in the Championship. Do you think that's fair? <clears throat> no, 
<laughs> well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not dissing. I'm not. I'm not dissing your performance in the championship. No, 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 what I'm no, saying no, is, like, just having a, obviously opinion. Yeah, I was going to yeah. throw it back at you because okay, obviously you, you make an assumption of Alan Pardew from coming up in the playoffs because uh, hmm. I thought we'd done ever so well because we because it's a situation where we was in the final the three years I was there, the four hmm. years I was there. So that hmm. I, I think, and that was with Pards, that is a massive achievement. Um, because the first year obviously we lost the first one, and then to do it a second year running was a massive achievement. Uh, Obviously, I'm trying to think back how we did it, but I scored a lot of goals and I was up front with a few strikers, and I thought we'd done pretty well to get where we was. And Pard's done a very, very good job to get back into the playoffs to win the playoffs because we obviously, um, getting all the fans on his side at Ipswich. Um, oh, away, great, then yeah. exchange at home. The atmosphere was unbelievable. Mm. Um, I, I knew from then that we was going to go to that final and win. We just all knew as players. So yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation here and you think that Pards wasn't the man to go into the Premier League. Well, we, we loved, the, you know, the semi-finals and the final were unbelievable. That night against Ipswich Upton Park was one of the yeah. best ever atmospheres. Uh, at, but I just, I think probably people were like, Nah, yeah, West Ham fans, as we've been told many times, perhaps we're deluded, but we thought we should have gone up automatically. Yeah, and we were fantastic in that in the semi final and fantastic against Preston in the final, and there was a buzz. But I just didn't see, and I think a lot of fans didn't see us having the season surviving the first season. Yeah. They, they didn't see us having the first season because that first season back in the Premier League. We were absolutely fantastic. We should have actually finished high. I think finished tenth, but we could have finished higher than that. We should have won the cup final. That was a fantastic young dynamic team. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable, mm. and that was down to parts. This is what mm. I'm trying to say. So obviously he came through and put the character. He done his homework and how he was as a manager to so them lads. Them two seasons that I had there was phenomenal because we had a lot of characters and a lot of players, and for him to deal with them and push them on to, because he he made me like I can take on the world. So like yeah. I, I I was not phased about any defender or anything um, coming up to like I, I was making sure they was threatened to me, and obviously Upton Park was an absolute fortress. Players already already skeptical were coming to that place. So as a group of lads, we made that our our fortress within our within playing as well. So we we would take the games to them, and it was it was amazing, amazing. Every time we played out there, I can remember playing Man United at home, Chelsea at home, all the big clubs. Because we 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 did. Funny enough, we did very. It's always a West Ham way. To be fair, we always do better against the better teams than the teams around our sort of level. We always don't do so well. So, but that year we kicked on with the teams that was around our level we we made it sure it was uh it was a fortress we didn't have any conversations about relegation or or anything like that because parts had his own we had a, like a mini league um so he, he he was quite good in in the sense of like man in management off and off the, on and off the field um so when we were having meetings we had our own little leagues how we deal with it who we play in and what we know he went we did go from game to game concentrate on the, the next game. So whoever, if we had Arsenal, that week was on Arsenal. If we had Man United, that week was on Man United. And we literally just thrashed things out. And to be fair, the team, the dressing room was fantastic. Everyone looked after each other. We looked after, we went out for meals. Pards um, made sure we did that. The days off, we gave Nigel 
the responsibility to do all stuff like that, which he was amazing as a as a captain um, for us at the time. Everything just worked for us. You scored fourteen league goals that season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, yeah, that decent. Just, more that's more than decent, Marlon. That's that. <laughs> I can't think of many strikers for West Ham since then who have scored that many. To be honest, in one season. Yeah, no, I, I expected. I was disappointed not to get more. To be fair, because I think the first season I got twenty one, um, and then come to West Ham because I, I scored on my debut um, at Upton Park. And then it just carried on from there. The hat-trick against Aston Villa quite early in the season. That was a midweek yeah. game. I remember very well. Funny enough, my wife, who hardly ever has come to West Ham over the years, um, I just, to come in and record this podcast, I had to come into my bedroom and she was doing her yoga. And I went, um, I've got to do my podcast. She rolled her eyes. I said, I've got Marlon Harewood coming on the show today. And she said, oh, I saw him score that hat-trick against Aston Villa. <laughs> Which she pulled out of nowhere. She has terrible West Ham knowledge, but she remembered that night because I, I dragged her along to Upton Park. And that was a real breakthrough moment, I feel, for the team. And, and must have been for you as well, because oh, to have scored a hat-trick yeah. in the Premier League, you must have had so much belief after that. Yeah, that was my first goal, to be fair. Um, I, I went, I probably went about five or six games without a goal. Pards was just kept on saying to me, Mal, just keep going. Um, you're doing fantastic. You're working so hard. I love what I'm seeing. Um, just keep going. And then Teddy, that tra- I think it was the training session before, Teddy said to me, like, Marlon, you're getting in- the time to worry is when you're not getting in the positions. And he says, when you when you when you're now getting in the positions, take a breath and just calm and calm your your your, your stride down. And I literally I, I, I saw Teddy go up and he flicked the ball on. And I was like, bloody hell, I'm in here. So I was like, Teddy said calm. So I just took calm and I just slotted it in. And then after that, I thought, it just felt like a massive weight off your shoulder. And then it felt like the ball was coming to me every time. So my second goal and the third goal looked like, it was just like, oh, thank you, bang. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it, it, was, it was strange, but it was nice at the same time. Well, um, having Teddy around the club during those years uh, with the amount of experience he had, I mean, he was you know, bona fide legend. Was it like having an extra sort of coach on top of the official coaching staff, especially as for a striker yeah. like yourself? Yeah, T- Teddy was phenomenal in, in everything he did. Obviously, from his, his career and his experience, you can tell how he was around the club, what he used to do in training and games and stuff. It, it's just... He was a massive plus for us being there, um, learning stuff in meetings. If anyone said anything, or obviously we had a lot of arguments in our dressing room, he always used to say stuff that meant, meant mean sense and mean about the game. So people used to just shut up and just listen to him. Yeah, it's like, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, that you're right. Like, and that that'll be it. And then we go out a second half, and then we would literally go and pull our finger out, um, which which was nice to have. But yeah, Teddy was a, a massive plus for us um, that year. So with the cup run, was it one of these situations where Pards has turned around to you and said, right before the third round, and said, "Lads, we're gonna win it this year," or was it just a, "Let's take each each round as it comes"? Uh, what I can remember, I think it was just taking each round as it comes. To be fair, um, until we got to the the, the fifth round, um, then it started getting a bit serious. Like <laughs> Pards was like, "I think we can, we can, we can go on." Um, get to the final if we carry on playing how we're playing. Because I think the, the 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 game that was, it was the Bolton, was it the Bolton game? Bolton, we had to play them in a replay, yeah. Yeah, I think that was the that was a turning point where we brought them back to Upton Park. 
Yeah. We knew if they're getting back to Upton Park, we would have won that game. This is the feeling that we had in the dressing room, what was, which was good because anyone we brought any teams back to Upton Park, we knew we'll win or we'll give mm. them a good game. Um, so from then on, it just got better and better. And then that the, it was the harder game, Man City away, which yeah. was one of them games that we had to really do really well. But the lads, lads was on fire. Nigel was on fire that night, if I can remember. Yossi, um, Dino scored a first goal, was a great first goal. And then, because um, like when we needed other people to be counted, obviously myself, people looked to me to score goals and stuff, but we did have other players around us mm. that can score goals as well to, to take the heat off me and, and other players that that was depending on to get the goals and stuff. But Adino and Yossi um, was, was on fire that night. I remember there was a sort of a, at the time shows how quite going back quite a long way. There was a time at the time there was a big uh, story made out of uh, Nigel Rio Coca versus Joey Barton in the centre of yeah. midfield because they, yeah, were, I remember they that. were considered the two best young midfielders, English yeah, midfielders yeah. of the era. And on that night, I remember Nigel completely outplayed Barton, like in, in every way. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, a man possessed. He was unbelievable. He was unbelievable that night. So that was the big one. Now let's get to the semi. Uh, what This is one of my own most cherished memories as a West Ham fan because over the years of going, uh, I'd been in, seen so many disappointments and so rarely, had, uh, <laughs> so rarely had anything turned out as you wanted it to. And I'd seen us in semi-finals before and it had always ended disastrously. And... I felt that we were, you know, we'd already come through tougher games than than Middlesbrough, but yeah. what a da- what a day, what an atmosphere at Villa Park, and what a moment when you buried it was a a, a, a nod down from Dean Ashton, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that like it was yesterday. It was it was phenomenal because throughout my career, um, it was one of them steady moments. Left foot, concentrate on the ball, make sure you it might be the only chance you get in the game um it was just all, all all my career into one in that in that shot really um learning your trade learning things from teddy players that i played with um and it was just a phenomenal moment for me and, and for the club and it just tipped off our season that year the competition which we've touched upon for coming from the likes of you know you had zamora um and teddy yeah. Uh, as your strike partners, which was already with, you know, that's a good three strikers to have in your squad. Yeah. And then Pards goes out in the January and spends what was then a club record on Dean Nash. On Dino, yeah. On Norwich, yeah. right? How did you feel about that? You must have felt under pressure um, when there's you know already what? competition I, I, places. Yeah, another good question. I didn't, really. Um, <laughs> I, I felt, well, so I you're thought... looking at Bobby saying, bad luck, mate, you're out. <laughs> no, not, not even that. Not even that, Bobby or Teddy. I, I, I just, I just, um, I felt sorry for him, Dino, really, because right. I, I, there, there, there was no way he was coming to my place, and the way I was feeling at the time at West Ham, because um, I, I knew I, in my confidence that at that time you have to be confident. I knew he ain't coming for my spot because he's gonna right. have to play. He's gonna have to play at East Skin to get in the team in front of me, Bobby, and Dino uh, and Teddy. Uh, so Teddy, yeah. I, I, I do. I won't. We, we at that time and that dressing, we weren't scared of anybody or threatened, but we always we was always welcome of people, and we used to look after them. So Dino was welcomed in straight away, and mm. he would have to he would have to fight for his place because I loved it back then. As obviously now nowadays people don't like 
um, competition for some reason. But I think competition is good because if you're on that pitch, you want to stay on that pitch. Um, and, and I thought I did myself justice when I played. I scored goals and did what I had to do to stay on that pitch. But I know I've got Bobby and Teddy on my heels. Even though they're my partners, yeah, we're we're, even so because me and Bobby formed a a really, really good partnership. Understanding, um, it was it was amazing, and even with Teddy as well. Every time I played with Teddy, um, we just formed a partnership. So I just knew like Dino's gonna have to come in and pull his finger out. I I think you and Bobby were what people defenders describe as a bit of a handful. Because yeah. you were you were very you you were very mobile, both of you, weren't you? And you were like, but people must have known defense defenses knew they'd had a game when they'd come up against you two. Yeah, but we we had to as a team as well. Uh, the players we had, um, obviously, the people didn't like you like yourself. You didn't think we would do really well. So if we didn't, I'm, we had to. I'm sorry, to that, I, fe- I feel like those remarks <laughs> you've really taken them to heart and you've no, misinterpreted no, them. No, I'm worried good. now. It's, it's good because <laughs> that's, that's a normal, as a normal reaction um, to nowadays. Really, if teams come up, you expected them not to do really well yeah. with teams oh, that's been was, in the Premier League. The, the whole story of that thing. season is we exceeded all expectations. Yeah, definitely. Outside definitely. expectations, maybe not your own internal expectations. Maybe you all knew. But externally, no one could, thought that we were going to put on the performances that we did, I think. Yeah, yeah. No, um, I agree, to be fair. So, Marlon, the final. So yes. before, before we get into the actual game, because, I mean, big occasion, Liverpool. For you personally, how did you, like, go about trying to, like, calm your nerves? Oh, yet again, um, <laughs> we, we weren't scared or threatened by anybody um, in that dressing room. Um but I must say, when we got when when we on the day and when we start getting our suits on and everything like that, turning up for the game to the stadium, then my nerves started kicking in. It was, that was the first time that season it started kicking in. It's because that it was like this is this is real actually. This is is this really happening? And we're like going into a, a final with Liverpool. And then when you're walking out on the pitch, the stadium, because it was at Cardiff obviously at that time, because Wembley was being built. Mm, yeah. And and it, um, even Cardiff Stadium was amazing. And like you're walking out on the pitch, you're like, flipping hell, this is getting real. Like, and then the, the Pards' speech was was absolutely fantastic. And then because um, he he played, I can't remember if it was the semi final or the final. I have to remember because he played any given Sunday. Right. Um, yeah. And the lads was like getting all fired up to obviously to go out to play and we and we had that blaring out and then when it was all finished he was going yeah bagging all sorts of things going let's go slamming our feet like getting all round up and ready and then yeah to answer your question it it was at at first we didn't really think about it the running up to it getting through the semi-final getting to the final and then the lads was all buzzing and I think as soon as we hit the stadium, it, it kicked in, like the nerves kicked in, like, this is real. Um, mm. We're going to have to go and pull out a performance. And to be fair, we did. Um, we, we we gave Liverpool a shock, like I said, because we weren't scared of anybody going 2-0 up. Um, and then I think they needed to pull their finger out. Obviously, they've got some top-class players um, that will come out of the final, um, which they did. And we was unlucky not to not to win it. I felt, you know, we 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 kind of out outplayed them for a huge amount of the game, and yeah. so uh, you know, uh, I, I I seem to remember Alan Pardew revealing 
afterwards or before or something getting leaked in which he said that that really the plan was built very much around you tactically the build up to the game I, I read somewhere that he'd said our secret master plan is Marlon Harewood is that right yeah he keeps on telling me that which is good because <laughs> that's what he kept on doing throughout the season it, it mm. sort of worked for me as a player um but I think that it, it's good for me because then I'm going out there thinking that and, it, and if players and if he's saying that and other teams thinking that that always gives other players time to shine as well because um, yeah. I, obviously I can't shine all the time or do everything all the time but if they're concentrating on me um, I'm one of them players if, we, if we're winning a game um, and win the game at the end I'm all for it and if I score it's a plus but yeah. the lads the lads played so well that game that day obviously Dino pulled out um, the, the tackle Matty Everton was on, on fire, Yossi, all of them was just like, it was just a, it's just like a dream come true. And we just didn't obviously win it at the end. Stevie Gerrard, obviously one of them top class players, done the freakish moment, um, turned it round. Uh, I just want to ask, before we get on to the, the circumstances surrounding that heartbreaking goal from Gerrard, uh, when we went 2-0 up quite early, i tell you what I did. When we went 2-0 up quite early in the game, I said to a mate, I didn't celebrate the second goal. I went, I'm going. And he went, <laughs> I was up there in the stands. He went, what are you doing? I said, I'm going. This is ridiculous. He went, what? I said, well, we're 2-0 up against Liverpool in the FA Cup final. And there's about 20 minutes gone. I said, this is it's never going to get any better than this. I might as well go now. And he was like, don't be silly. We, we've won it now. What? I mean, how, how did you react to that mentally? To be two, it can't have been anything that you expected to be two goals ahead that early in the game. Is it? Is there a risk in that almost, like for complacency? No, no, not at all. No, sorry, I keep repeating myself, but hmm. the, the 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 feeling and the atmosphere that we had in that change room, it it didn't phase us. Um, Obviously, sometimes in the football terms, um, if you're going two up or three up, there's always a chance that they're going to, a top-class team, they're going to come at you. So you've got mm. to be on, on your game. So we, we knew that was going to be coming. It's just how we dealt with it. Mm. Um, and when you, obviously talking about Stevie Gerrard, because he was the main sort of person that, he, he weren't having it as a player. So like me, Nigel and all of us, how we have it, we're not having it, we're going to go and win this game. He had that in himself. Um so he, he came out second half, all guns blazing. He's he's like, this is I'm not having this. So we had to we had to battle against that, um, which we've never had all season, um, because we're obviously talking about the final, and we 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 was that we was Stevie Gerrard within eleven uh, within eleven players all season, and to have this player doing this to turn the game around was 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 hard, and we 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 dealt with it well. Um, obviously going. Four four, I thought. I'm thinking, right? We we still we're still in it over penalties, and mm. obviously didn't really go our way. No, the penalty shootout didn't work out. I mean, is that just? Is have you got any reasons for that when you look back on it? Yeah, it's hard because I broke my foot. Because I, I broke my foot, my fifth metal tarsal. So I I'm I'm the penalty taker. So I'm usually number one penalty taker. So you don't know. How will things turn out if I took the penalty first? Because I, I didn't miss a penalty that season. The whole game, 90 minutes, extra time. And every time I see a West Ham fan or thing, they said, oh, what a great final. But what happened to you at the end with that yeah. chance? That, that's all they say. And, I, and oh, I say, God. I broke my foot. The corner was coming in. So I thought, let me just go to the back stick and 
bring a defender out with me to take him out because I was being marked. Um, I think I was being marked by Hupier. Um, so I was like bringing him to the back stick last mm. minute. So I'm thinking like let the lads get in the in the mix because uh, there's no way. And then I'm, I'm watching this ball coming in and I'm thinking, oh my god, please don't come to me. So it's coming, <laughs> yeah. it's coming, it's coming, and I'm thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna have to try and. Sw-. So I just swinged my leg like. I yeah, couldn't even stand yeah. up, so I'll just swing my leg and I obviously missed it all completely. Um, but that was last minute of the game and that's what everyone remembers, which is mm. funny. There's so many moments you can look back on. Um, you know, obviously the penalties, that situation for you. The one that probably comes up more than your miss, though, is uh, Lionel Scaloni's throwing. Scaloni, yeah. Yeah. The, how did, how, what was the lad's reaction to Scaloni, who was by... I suppose because he was on loan, he hadn't been there long. He wasn't probably a big part, of, you know, a deep, a deep sort of part of that group you had there anyway. Yeah, um, well, we did make everyone welcome that came into that dressing room. So um, he was part of the team, um, I must say. Um, but I think he didn't really understand um, the importance of his kick out. Like, because mm. there's so when you when I'm I haven't looked back at the videos or anything like that. But when um, after the final, I haven't really watched it. But there's so many situations he could have done. He could have kept the ball, could have like walked with it for a little while, and then mm. really booted it to the keeper. Um, he could have kicked it out of play. He could have done so many different things. Yeah. But obviously, he, he sort of. I, I think he sort of miskicked it. To be fair, um, thinking back. And it just, as he went to boot it out, he didn't boot it uh, further enough or whatever he did. And it just landed to them. And it just come back in the box. And then the freakish moment of Steven Gerrard. What a heartbreaker. I mean, oh, you God. know, for us in the stands, but what was it like for you on the pitch? It, 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 it's, it's Yeah, it's indescribable, really. Because it's like, not, we always think about it when we sat down in the change rooms. It's like normal people will get that ball down and put it wide. Yeah. And get a crossing, yeah. That, that, yeah. That's a normal situation, but mm. the ball, the ball came out. It had all sorts on it: swing, bounce, but half volley. And he just hit that. He just, he just couldn't think about him running up to hit that. Even if he did hit it, it was a savable shot. But it had all yeah, sorts I mean, on it when it was. You, you, going to you would target. have been happy that he'd opted to shoot, wouldn't you? When it, when yeah. you saw him shake yeah. to shoot, you'd yeah. have thought, "Oh, good, all day, yeah. Yeah, have yeah. it, mate." Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> but he hit that so sweetly. Um, it was a great shot. You can't can't knock him, but yeah. it's one of them that you don't. You just want him to hit a shot and then go wide or something. Marlon, how long did it take you to get over that game? A long time, a long time, bro. Because I, I, to be fair, we're talking about it now. I haven't even looked back at the video since that day or done anything like that because. It's one of them moments. It, 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 I think it's it's how we lost as well because we played so well, played them off the park. How it actually went, um, it, it was more disappointing. We've kept you for long enough. We've got to touch upon the what happened the following year. Um, things just, you know, every West Ham fan spent the summer buzzing, thinking that we had a, such a, a wonderful sort of period ahead of us because it was a young team too you were all pretty young um other than teddy it's you know you're all players on on the up in your career uh things that oh 
for, before that though, how, how close did you feel? I mean, obviously, notwithstanding the the broken foot, England were going off to the World Cup in Germany that summer. How close do you feel you were to that squad? Uh, I got the call breaking your foot. You got it. I got the call. Um, and Sven, Sven Gunnar Eriksson was speaking to me and saying that I'm, you're you're going to be coming up. Um, it's just between a few of you. We're, we're, we're debating on the situation. Um, and I said, that's fine. Thank you. Um, which was crazy getting an England call up at yeah. the time, which was nice because it was the World Cup. But um, I, I, as at the time, I, I really didn't really think about England, what was going on. But then when you hear more about it later on and how much politics there was in, in it, um, Fia Wilcott was this up and coming young lad that obviously the, the press and everyone was getting on top. Um, they had a massive part on it, bringing him out there. Um, sort of, so he had my place instead of me going. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, and he didn't, and he didn't even play. Kill me. So what happened the next year? There's so ma- many rumours and stories and gossip surrounding that what happened the, the following year when we had to fight relegation yeah, and, and part. Yeah, so lost his job. We've heard all sorts. Um, you know, to me, it felt from the outside in the, the simplest explanation is Adam Pardew had built, and, and even more hearing the way that you described what the spirit was like in that squad, he had built this super tight unit of young, ambitious, confident players. And then, yeah. without him even inviting it, suddenly he had these two world-class Argentinians almost foisted upon him. Was was that a big yeah. turning point, do you think, for the spirit of the of the squad? Um, it's hard to say, really. I, I, yes and no. Um, especially as a manager, um, I, I felt sorry for him at that sense because when you when you don't, you don't know uh, who you're signing and you're bringing in people and you've worked worked the last three or four years to build this squad um, of players and what you've got a vision in your head and all of a sudden you're getting two players plonked on you. Um, mm. I, I bet, and I bet they didn't come cheap. Um, mm. That you have to play. It, it, I would say it's a bit upsetting for him and he obviously has to carry on going on in his job, which was hard to do in, in, in any case anyway, especially at West Ham because taking on West Ham's job is not easy at all. Um, so it must have been a hardship for him and it affected him and it, it affected the, the, everyone else. But Carlos and Javier, were, they, were, they were two fantastic players and two lovely people as well. So it's a bit hard from the outside looking in the dressing room was still bubbling still doing stuff but just on the pitch it just weren't working for us uh people of course you know pointed the finger at you guys and there was all this chat of baby bentley's and so forth i can't remember it was you first mentioned the baby bentley situation but there was the, 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 the the suggestion was it went to some of your heads do you think that's fair in any way no, it's just, it's horrible, really, as a player to hear stuff like that because where obviously football's so quick to turn because um, obviously we've just had a, a fantastic season um, and, and the lads that we had in that dressing room, none of it because we wouldn't allow it as players. Um, the, the dressing room that we had, if there's anyone that was in there that had that mentality, we literally would have kicked them out ourselves as players and we would have told Pars we don't want him in our team. So that that obviously when that stuff comes out, it's it's hurtful on the players that was in the dressing room because we never we we we, we don't think like that. We never had that mentality, and we never will. But it, obviously, when you're in the position that you was in, it, it 
it's press and they like to print stories and do things and people talking, fans talking, people talking. It, it's quite hard to take, but that's obviously the, the comes with the job that we're in. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a, it's a, it was a hard time for us, but but we had to pull through it as players and deal with the deal with the criticism that the position that we was in. Marlon, just reflecting on that season, you only scored four goals, no competitions. I mean, if you look at your time at West Ham, what well, three seasons prior, you scored like ten plus goals. So was that down to the fact Tevez was in the team, or was there another reason behind it? No, Tevez. Um... No, not really. It's just a, it's just a bad time that we had. It just uh, um, run of play positions. You know, if I think back, I didn't have as many chances that, that we we had because we was always on the back foot. Um, obviously, trying to defend um, teams coming at us, and the, the lads weren't as confident as they was before. So, uh, so when when you when you're confident, you're pushing forward. I'm getting in positions where. I never thought I'd be in positions if you if you're on the back foot. So it was a, it was a bit hard, but yeah, I, I, when I look back at it, it, it was a bit of a, a hard time um, in my career um, being in that position um, because we had to concentrate on not getting relegated, which is always hard because it's it's always on confidence. And when you're going out there, it, it, you go down one nil, two nil, and your confidence just drops, and you have to battle battle through it, which which was hard. What a great bloke and what fantastic memories. And, um, you know, I think that's one of the best teams we've had uh, in in recent decades, to be honest. I think it's one of the best teams we had since the boys of 86. It's such a shame that it never really managed to, to, to go further than it did that year, Rochelle. Yeah, I agree. And like, obviously, when you talk to like West Ham fans about the good days, a lot of them refer back to that season. Obviously, finishing ninth, the cup run, it's just, it's just a happy season, as you mentioned in the chat. We exceed the expectations, a number of good players. And it's just the sort of, you know, glory days West Ham fans want to return. Yeah, they really were great. And uh, Marlon, great bloke. So we're really grateful to him for joining us. Um, we'll be back soon uh, ne- uh, in a, with a, another top legendary player, I'm sure. We've got a few interesting ones in the pipeline. Before we go, though, Rashane, um, you've got a poll on the go, right? Yeah, well, actually, we ran a, a fan survey earlier in the week. Right. You know, the Sox and West Ham fans, where they stand on issues like recruitment, finances, the academy, London Stadium, and the strength for the squad going forward. So the results are in with analysis, so subscribers can see that on the Athletic uh, website. And also, uh, you can also read my Player of the Year piece in O'Bonner, and I have an interview coming out with Gary Lewin in the next couple of days, so that's there for you guys. There you go. Uh, make sure you subscribe and download the Athletic app. Um, go to athletic.com forward slash West Ham pod and you can take advantage of our 90 day free trial and read all of that stuff uh, and much, much more. So thanks for joining us. We'll be back very soon. Um, you can follow me at Delaney Man or Rashane at Rashane Sport. There you go. And get in touch with us there. Uh, until next time, ladies and gents, remember there's only one Samasia Boo.